This is Pastor Phil Mentor. I'm the pastor of Harvest Worship Center in Tryon, Georgia. We'd like to thank you for joining us for our weekly podcast. Every week, we try to broadcast our Sunday morning celebration that begins at 1030. This is the celebration of who Jesus is in our lives. We hope and pray that you will enjoy this message and that God will draw you closer to Him through it. talk to you just for a few moments. We have been in uh, our praise, um, each and every one of us. Uh, we have a, a job to do to praise God, to worship God. We were created for that purpose. And when we're not doing that, something else is going to, Jesus said, hey, if you stop praising me, I'm going to call, there's going to something going to praise me in your place. I would hate to get to heaven someday and uh, the Lord look at me and say, here's all the places in your life where uh, I had to have something else praise me because you didn't, because you didn't. So this morning we're going to keep going uh, through this series, and one of the ways that we keep uh, that from happening and keeping our place uh, of praise with the Lord is by keeping our priority straight and making Jesus the famous one. Um, Jesus is what it's all about. Here at this local church, if we quit preaching Jesus, please leave. Please leave. If we quit magnifying Jesus, please leave because you're following something that's wrong. You're following the wrong thing. Too many people are following men. Too many people are following organizations, and they're not following the, the one who saved them, the one who purchased their salvation. It is not about my name. It's not about your name. It is about Jesus. And this morning, we're going to talk about keeping him famous, making Jesus famous in our life. I want people to know my ministry not because of who I am, but because of how I allowed Jesus to minister in my life. How about you? How about you? So this morning, this is how it works. If you want us to get baptism going and lunch really quick, you better amen. Somebody say, yeah, I'm hungry. Amen, 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 amen. So anyway, but we, 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 we live in an ambitious world. I mean, it is so ambitious. It is ruthlessly ambitious sometimes. It, you know, people will, will literally hurt others to get what they want in this world. They will hurt others. They will hurt close friends or family members to achieve what they think is right in this world. We live in a brutal, brutal world. But I'm here to tell you that spirit has no place in the body of Christ. If you believe that, say amen. If you believe that, give God some praise this morning. That spirit has no place. Our ambition, uh, our ambition should be to serve the King of Kings. Our goal should be to lift up Jesus. In other words, I have never, ever, ever, ever in my entire ministry, now pushing 30 years of, of preaching this gospel, I have never been able to save a soul. I have never been able to cleanse a heart. I have never been able to heal the sick. But I'm here to tell you, in those years of ministry, I have seen many come to know Jesus as their Savior, and I've seen many people healed. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying I am nothing to do with that. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the fame of the Lord. And I'm here to tell you, when He's lifted up, He'll do mighty things in someone's life. It's about His fame in this world, not mine. We should aim to make Jesus the famous one. 
we should aim to make him our point of service. John 7, 18 says it this way. The one who speaks of his own authority seeks his own glory. Oh, God help us. The one who speaks by their own authority seeks their own glory. But the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true. And in him there is no falsehood. I'm here to tell you we live in a phony, fake world. Not just the secular world, my friend. It is in the church world. Fake and phony. I was very moved this week because God God took, in my opinion, and you can get mad at me all you want. I call false prophet a false prophet. But one of the biggest, to me, one of the biggest jokes in, in, when I was growing up was a man by the name of Benny Hinn. And that's not to say people weren't touched or healed when they went to his meetings. But I'm here to tell you, if they were, it was nothing to do with Benny Hinn. It had to do with their faith in Jesus Christ. That's how, who it had to do with. But this week, Benny Hinn comes out publicly for the first time in his ministry, and he states to the world, I have preached a lie. I have preached that you could buy God's blessings. Sow a thousand dollars and you'll get much in return. He comes out against the prosperity gospel. Now you may be a fan of the prosperity gospel. I do believe that God will bless us and God will honor us when we give. But look, I don't give to get. I give because I love Jesus, because he's my everything. And when I serve him, he takes care of me. But Benny Hinn came out and he said, I was wrong. And he said, I'm going to lose friends over this. He said, I'm not going to be invited to places anymore because I'm telling you, I was wrong. You can't buy God's glory. You can't buy God's favor. You can't, look, I'm here to tell you, you can't be good enough for God. I'm here to tell you, it takes Jesus, what? On the inside, working on the outside. We've been talking about an inside-out gospel. I'm telling you, on the outside, I can make myself clean and look good. But on the inside, be full of death and destruction. God knows the heart of man. God knows what's really in us. A few years ago, there was a pastor of a very large church, and he went in and he had, he had dressed himself up like a homeless man, had dirt all over him, and he sat there outside the church. No one recognized it was the pastor just to see who would have mercy, who would have grace on him. And he said he was very, very disturbed as he watched member after not even acknowledge he was there, walk past him to go into the house of God and greet their friends who were nicely dressed and looked the appearance of a believer. I'm here to tell you right now, God has to do something on the inside of the church church we need a revival that begins on the inside of the heart and that's when our hearts begin to be yielded back to the to the holy spirit and we go and we say god without you we are nothing without you we can't accomplish nothing lord please use us once again lord we repent before you we're sorry for our self-sufficiency God, come into our life. I'm going to preach this morning. You ready? Because uh, that's, that's what I came here to do. He says those who seek their own glory, those who want to build up their name, those who want to, to, to be about who they are. He says, guess what? He said there is falsehood in them. There's false things in them. There's a fakeness to them. I'm here to tell you right now in my class on Wednesday night, those of you that are in my class, what have I been teaching that we really need in this last days? We need discernment to move through us because I'm here to tell you God needs to start showing us what is fake and what is real. I'm tired of people who are coming in our midst and they know how to say the right thing. I'm here to tell you, I don't want to raise kids that know how to clap at the right moments, raise their hands on cue. 
I don't want to raise my children to know how to do that. I don't want them to have some automated response to, to what I say or to what goes on in church. I want out of a heart of true worship, out of a heart that is connected with God for real genuine moves of the Spirit to take place. Do you? Do you? Amen. God is calling us to be deeper in our relationship. Micah, the sixth chapter, verses six through eight, he, the prophet puts it, he says, what does the Lord require? With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams and 10,000 of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgressions, the fruit of my body for the sins of my soul? He has told you, old man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? Somebody said, what does he require? Okay, not everybody participated. Look at somebody and say, what does he require of you? Now look at him and say, I'm going to tell you. After he tells me. <laughs> Say it this way, to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Whew. Wouldn't our world be a better place if we all lived by that? Wouldn't church be a better place if people lived by that? Our ambition should be to serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Or to put it, and, and put it another way, we should aim to make Jesus famous and not ourselves. We should aim to build up his glory, his kingdom, his honor. We should look, look, I'm here to tell you, it is not you or I being lifted up that will draw men into him. It is him being lifted up. And he said this talking about the cross. Sometimes it's mispreached. People say, yeah, we'll just lift him higher and then they'll come. And there's principle in that. I understand there's truth, truth to it. But in this particular sense in Scripture, he was talking about being lifted up from the earth on the cross. He's saying, if I go to the cross, then all men will come to me. I'll draw them to me. They'll come face to face with love. They'll come face to face with forgiveness. And I'm going to tell you, I, if you, if the cross doesn't tender your heart, if, if you've lost your tenderness for God when you think about what he did for you on the cross, I want to invite you to come back to it today. I want to invite you to come and find a place of prayer and once again see what God did for you. Now, as you look at that cross, I want to remind He's not on it. He's not on it. He hung on a cross. Yes, he did. But he only hung on it for six hours because he came off the cross. He went into the tomb. But on the third day, he came out victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And he is resurrected in us. Amen. Amen. We should always be about the fame of Jesus. True humility is not something that comes easily to mankind. Let me say that again. True humility is not something that easily comes to mankind. We are easily puffed up creatures. Come on. We are easily elevated in our own mind and thinking. If you've ever succeeded in something, it's easy to be elevated. And that doesn't make you a bad person. That makes you a human person. And that's who Jesus died for, as human people. Amen. I don't think there is any other kind of people but human. But he died for humanity so that humanity might know their need for him. True humility is not denial of your potential. I want you to listen to me. It's not saying, well, I, I can do great things, but I'm not going to do it because that's not humble. I, I, I'm, I'm smart. <laughs> 
If you're, you know, that's like an A student looking at you, bringing you home all F's and saying, I just wanted to be humble. (laughs) I didn't want to succeed because I'm humble. Okay? (laughs) If you've ever played a a sport, that's like you being able to score the touchdown at the last minute, taking a knee on the one and losing the game and going, I'm sorry, coach, I wanted to be humble. And they don't even know you. <laughs> That's what you get when you marry an Alabama fan. That's a twisted family. I'm telling a twisted family. Anyhow. <laughs> what are you saying? Listen. When you denying your potential is not humility. So many people think that that, that's what it is, but it's not. Denying your potential is not showing humility. Rather, it is a recognition that all of your abilities, they come from something greater than you. That if if you're a smart person, it's not because you self-manifested being smart. How many of you woke up one day and said, today I'll be intelligent? (laughs) No. Today I will be the best athlete on the field. Today... No. Humility is understanding that it is by the grace of God I've been given intelligence. It is by the grace of God I've been given athletic ability or talents and, and skills and abilities to, you know, I am still in awe of, of, of certain things in my life. One thing is I'm in, I'm in awe of, of someone who can play a stringed instrument such as a violin. Now, I've picked up a violin, or if you are a bluegrass person, a fiddle, either one. I couldn't get that thing to sound like nothing but somebody screaming for their life. It's like, yep, that's not me. I'm in awe of that. I'm all of, in awe of certain talents and abilities that God has given certain ones. But have you ever been around somebody that's good and they know it? I get a lot of, uh, and then a yes. Yeah, we all have. They're good and they know it. Listen, there's nothing wrong with being good. There's nothing wrong with having skills. There's nothing wrong with having talents. But it's understanding that I didn't do that on my own. God gifted me with that. God gave me that. And if I'm going to do anything, it's kind of like the dedication of the baby we just did. I want to take that that talent that God gave me, and I'm going to give it back to Him for His glory and His honor and His use. So if you're smart, use your intelligence for the Lord. If you are, are, are gifted in every area, use it for the glory of God but understand this God can give and God can take away amen and if you're sitting on talents and abilities and not doing something with it for God you might lose it you might lose it amen you got quiet but humility is understanding that my purpose and my gifts are to prop up Jesus to lift up his name to make him famous what is more moving? I'm going to tell you right now. There ain't nobody in the world in this room like Clemson until Trevor Lawrence. But the ones that do like Trevor Lawrence, me being one of them, I hate Clemson. But I, I, I will tell you in a heartbeat, well, I really like Trevor Lawrence. You know why? Because Trevor Lawrence gives God glory for everything he does. 
And when he starts praising God for that, I've got to acknowledge that. I hate Florida with a, heart, with a passion. The state and the team. Oh, yeah, I love the beach. Well, you go down there. I done told you in Revelation, stuff comes up out of the water and it's scary. Well, these days you're going to be laying on the beach and you're going to see something. You're going to be like, the pastor was right. Now it's too late. Just kidding. I'm kidding. Maybe. Listen, what are you saying? I'm saying, look, but Tim Tebow, I've got respect for. Not because, you know, he has made one really terrible choice in his life, and that's the school he went to play for. That's it. What are you saying? Now, I've got respect for people who have gifts and talents and abilities, and they'll look and they'll say, I want to give God glory through it. I want to use it. And listen, I'm going to tell you, God is affecting people because of others. You say, but I'm not a, I don't have those gifts and I don't have those talents, but I'm here to tell you whatever you've been gifted with, whatever you have been talented or given talents to do, if you would do it for the glory of God, there's no telling what God would turn loose in your life because he would see you were on honoring him and making his name famous. His name famous. Hmm. The Holy Spirit, by the way, never boasted of himself through the scripture. Do you know that? He didn't. Never once will you read a scripture where, and the Holy Spirit talked about how good the Holy Spirit is. (laughs) No. The Holy Spirit bore witness, the scripture says, to who? to the ministry and the life of Jesus. And he came so that you and I would... Everybody gets so caught up in why the Holy Spirit's here. It's very simple. Jesus said it. I got to go away so you get some help because you got to have it. I've been with you, but he's going to be in you. He said, look, look, Jesus... He says, Jesus could only... You know realize something? Jesus could only be one place at one time on planet Earth when he was here because Jesus chose to be confined to flesh. Well, then, why, well, what are you talking about? Well, if he didn't, then what he did on the cross was not real. He was fully man, the Bible teaches. But he was also fully God. But he was confined. So Jesus couldn't be teaching in the temple and then be on, in Nazareth at the same time. He was at one place at one time. That's why Jesus was a mobile ministry. He was all over the place. And if you ever get a chance to go to Israel, they'll tell you, because usually most tours last a week, and they'll tell you we're fixing to run where Jesus walked. Because to go everywhere he went in his ministry, you've got to literally, you're constantly on the move. So now, Jesus says, there's a difference, but it's coming. Now that I have done my job, which was to come and to die for your sins, to be resurrected, by the way, what raised him up? The Holy Spirit, we'll get to that scripture in a moment. But he says, now that, he's been ra- that I've been raised, he says, I'm going back to the Father. I'm returning to my rightful place. But I've got to go away because there's something coming after me. There's, I'm sending to you a helper, a comforter. I'm sending you something that is going to be far greater because guess what? He is not just in one place at one moment. He's everywhere at the same time. That's why he can be with you at Tryon High School and he can be with you at Tatuga High School and he can be with me wherever I'm ministering and he can be with you at Mohawk and he can be with you at Mount Vernon and he can be with you wherever you are at every moment. He can be with my friend's dear daughter over in India at the same time as he's in 
trying Georgia. He's everywhere. He's all powerful. He's God and he's moving. And he says he's been with you, but he's going to be in you. In you. I, I walk in the Spirit because the Spirit is in me. Do you? Come on. Amen, Phil. That's good preaching. Thank you. John 16. If you've never been around me, there's moments where I just kind of have spiritual Tourette's. So anyway, John 16. John 16 Verse 13 through 15 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. Some of us are struggling with what to do in life. That's because we're not listening to the Spirit who is teaching us where truth is. Sometimes because we don't want to hear it. Have you ever been faced with a choice of something and something screaming at you, This is wrong. This is wrong. But I really want it. I'm not talking about evil things either. You know that the Holy Spirit helps you in everyday life? Maybe you're walking on a car lot and you're looking and something's screaming. You're going to put your family in some financial distress. But I want it. I really like it. And it's red like a candy apple. I'm sure it's delicious. I want it. And the Holy Spirit's screaming. And then you know what? You're good for a month and that first payment rolls in. And you're going, what did I do? You realize he leads and guides you into all truth, not just right and wrong decisions, not wickedness and, 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 and truth. He's saying, I'll lead you in your, I'm going to be involved in every part of your life you'll let me be involved in. How many single people in the house? Raise your hand. Really? You don't want to, look, I'm affirming your singleness. Raise your hands. <laughs> Come on. Single people in the house. Yes, young people. I don't care if you dating somebody, you're still single till you say, I do. At least I like to think that, it's Isaac. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? I was just thinking it. It's just coming out. For those of you who don't know, that's my daughter's <laughs> friend. So, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying, listen, this is serious, though. I, I want to. Some of us, if we don't have the guidance of the Holy Spirit and we're single, we're going to make some bad choices and we're going to hurt a whole lot in life because we thought, but he's pretty. And we're not listening to the Holy Spirit screaming in our ear, oh, that's not right for you, my child. That's the wrong choice for you, my child, because you're seeing the moment. I see the future and I know what's coming. Some of you think you can turn a frog into a prince. Guess what? That's not in the Bible. It's a lie. Only Jesus can turn frogs into princes. Amen? Only Jesus can take a heart that's broken and lost and turn it into something worthwhile. You can't change nobody. Amen? How many of you have ever tried to change somebody and failed miserably at it? I'm going to change them. How many husbands and wives ever went to the altar thinking, I'm going to change them? And then a month in, you realize, I'm not going to change them. <laughs> 20 years in, I'm not going to change them. And then all of a sudden, the Lord reminds you, yeah, you said for better or for worse, you made a promise before me. 
Listen, folks, we need to listen to God. We need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We need him to help us make decisions. We're going to wrap up because this will be, we'll do the rest of this next week. But I love this. It says, he will lead and guide you into all truth for he will not speak of his own authority. Don't you love that? But whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are, are to come. He will glorify me. Mm. This is what Jesus is saying. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All the Father has is mine, therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. What is he saying? I'm going to tell you the Holy Spirit never boasts of itself. It never builds up itself. And if somebody looks at you and they say, the gift is working in me and it's all about them, you better run from them. You better get away from them because I'm here to tell you those who are really used of God are humble before the Lord and they are giving God the glory. They're directing you to Jesus. He is the only one. He is the only one. And the Holy Spirit will boast of the goodness of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the one who hovered over the face of the deep in creation. The one who acted when God spoke and, when the, and was the action part of creation. Romans 8, 11 says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus, again, who raised Jesus? The spirit. From the dead dwells in you. He who raised Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus from the dead, will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. If we die, if I die today and they put me in the dirt, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen on the day of the rapture. On the day of the rapture when the trumpet sounds and I still believe that there's going to be an exodus from planet earth, I still believe Jesus is coming. I don't believe He just came to make life better and get me through and then me go die and that's the end. I believe there's a life to come. I believe he said in my father's house there's many rooms. There's a place for you. I prepared it for you and if I go in the dirt one day when the trumpet sounds, I'm here to tell you the dead in Christ will rise. That's going to raise them up the same spirit that raised up Jesus. The Holy Spirit will quicken this body into a new body and I'll be resurrected and so will everyone else who believes in Jesus. Amen. Romans 8, 11 declares the goodness of the Holy Spirit that he raised Jesus and he'll raise you. This is the mighty Holy Spirit. The Rashahash Kodesh, and I'm not, it's not an unknown tongue, that's Hebrew. Rashahash Kodesh. That is the Hebrew word for when it said, and the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the face of of the deep, the Spirit of God. That's the Hebrew language for the Spirit of God. What did the Spirit of God do? The Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. And so that what? So that this could be that one day he would hover over the heart of a lost person. That he would come into the life of someone that didn't know him. These are the words used in Genesis, yet it speaks not to glorify himself, but to glorify Jesus. He wants Jesus to be famous. Did you know that? He's never been about his own, own mission. Why? Because he's part of the Trinity. This is the pattern. Listen for what is being said in heaven, not your own ideas. Seek the Holy Spirit's voice in your life, for it will always bring glory to Jesus. Work with the Holy Spirit to see Jesus made famous. Do whatever he says. You may not receive acknowledgement from man, but you will one day receive acknowledgement from God. 
I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't matter how good a pastor you think I am. It doesn't matter how great a person you may think I am. One day I will stand before the Lord and he won't say, do you have enough votes from your congregation for me to let you in my heaven? What he's going to do is he's going to look at me and he's going to judge me from the books, the Bible said. What books? The Bible. He's not going to judge you from some hidden unknown law. The Bible. What he gave us to live by. And he's going to look at me and he's going to evaluate my life. And guess what's going to bear witness of that? The Holy Spirit who's been with me all over this earth. And I'm here to tell you there's not enough people on earth that can say well done to get me into heaven. But one day I want to hear Jesus say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. How about you? Don't you want to hear him say that? Your boss may be employee of the month forever. Amen? On this earth, that's not enough to get you into heaven. The acknowledgement of God is what we should be after. And he will only acknowledge those who have worked to make his name famous. Work to make, why, is he some egomaniac? No. He has no problem telling you he deserves the glory. Why? That's not arrogance. That's self-awareness that I am God. I don't really, look, he doesn't need you and I in this service this morning to worship him to be God. I'm going to share this to kind of, he doesn't need Oh, my gosh. See, we don't understand. He don't need us. He wanted us. He didn't need me, Tyler. He wanted me. He wanted me. He wanted you. He could not bear the thought of heaven without you. So he died. So that you might live in him. That, my friend, is the gospel, the good news. And that is what the Holy Spirit bears witness of, and that is what the church should bear witness of. Amen? As a matter of fact, I don't want people, oh, God, help us. I don't want people to take this the wrong way. I don't want people to talk about what great programs we've got at Harvest. I want them to talk about what a great spirit of God that's working at Harvest. Because that's what's going to draw people. Amen. These folks that are getting saved and being baptized, that's not because of harvest. That's because of Jesus. Let's don't get that wrong. That's because of Jesus. If you've been touched this morning, it isn't because of skillful musicians and good singing and, and preaching and whatever else. It is because of Jesus. Who convicted your heart? And I want to just share this in the end because the Lord has just put this so heavy on me lately that preachers have done a lot of guilt preaching over the years. I can preach and make you feel bad. Do you know that? I can make you feel so bad. I might get, I'll get one or two reactions. I'll either get you to come to the altar and pray or you'll leave. I can make you feel so guilty that you actually come to the altar and you pray till you feel less guilty. Anybody ever done that? I'm guilty. I'll admit that very first thing. I have been made guilty in a church service, and I've come down and prayed my guilt off. Lord, forgive me of having. I'm so sorry, God. I don't want to feel this way anymore. And I get to feeling better. 
And somebody tell me, you're forgiven. So I get up and I begin to leave. But then what? A day later, I'm back at the same junk. I'm back doing the same garbage. Come on, folks. Let's get real. If we're going to be real, let's be real today. How many has ever prayed about something and went right back to it? Right back to the wrong, right back to the sin. That's because I felt guilty. I didn't feel convicted. You see, the Holy Spirit is the only thing that can convict the heart. That can get into my life. And when He, when I move forward, not because I'm being made feel guilty by a preacher, but I'm feeling convicted by the Spirit, something amazing can happen. My guilt isn't just taken away, but my sin is washed away. And I get up not wanting that life anymore. Not wanting to go back to it. You see, if you really want to know you've been changed, you get up with a, I don't want that anymore. I don't want that pain anymore. I don't want that hurt anymore. I want to live free. That's the difference. And the next time you're tempted to do that thing, you think really hard about it. You just don't fall back in it. Okay? It's kind of like the difference between dieting and lifestyle change. How many have ever tried a diet? How many has ever failed at diets? There's only a few honest, healthy people in the room. Not so healthy people in the room. What are you saying? Doctors will tell you every time, you don't need to be on a diet, you need to have a lifestyle change. That's the only thing that really works. Some of us, we try to diet our sinful behavior. And we gimmick our way to put down bad habits for a while, but then they come thundering back. Anybody in the room, come on. God's saying, I'm not here for you to try some fad named Jesus. Some, tr some trendy thing called Jesus. What I'm here to do is I'm here to take your life and make it new. I'm here to wash you clean and give you not just a fresh start, but a new beginning in this world. I'm not here to make you feel guilty. I'm here to convict and redeem and cleanse you and fill you with the joy of the Lord. Now I'm going to tell you, I think that's a message the world's ready to hear. How about you? Amen. So this morning, this is how it's going to work. Harley, are you ready? You're, you're dressed, you're ready to go? Okay, just a moment. We we'll, need to change real quick. She'll go do that. While she's getting ready to be baptized, this is how this is going to work. Have you ever just got sick of it? Sick of what's going on in your life? I'm talking about wrong things. God's ready for change. God's ready for change. Look. Being forgiven of Jesus is laying down my old life and walking in a new life. And that doesn't mean I'm picking up things that I've laid down. Anybody, okay, one last analogy and then we're going to pray. Anybody ever cleaned out a closet? 
Anybody ever laid a bunch of stuff and said, I'm getting rid of this, now the big thing is, in the next five minutes, I am thinking, I'm getting rid of stuff on Facebook, pictures to follow. I've seen a lot of y'all do that. That's fine. Trying to make a little cash off your trash. But no, seriously, how many of you have laid out clothes you're trying to get rid of, and all of a sudden, you look and you go, oh, but that's so cute on me. Or, oh, man, I, I look good in that. I don't want to get rid of that. So we snatch it back. Sometimes I think our lives are like that. We come and we lay our life on the altar. And it's sin. But we really like that sin. So as we get up, we want to pick something back up. And we want to carry it with us. And the Holy Spirit's screaming, but that's what's hurting you. That's what's harming you. I'm ready to clean your closet out. And I'm not asking for your advice what needs to stay or go. It all needs to go because I got a new life for you. I got a new thing for you. Anybody in the room ever wanted a fresh start? Anybody in this room today need a fresh start? You want something new with God. I'm preaching hard because I know there's somebody in this room that needs to be right with Jesus before they leave. And you know what? The the truth is you already know who you are. Did did God give you our name? No, not really. I just know in my heart that there's somebody in this room. So I want us to stand to our feet. And as we stand to our feet, if you're ready for a new life, you're ready for some changes. Maybe, maybe you are saved, but there's some things in your life that you're still battling. You're ready, God, to just get it, get it out of you. You're ready to leave it. I'm going to invite you to come. I'm going to invite you to pray. And I got news for you. We're not forcing anything on you. I just want you to talk to Jesus. I just want you to talk to Jesus. But if that's you, then this is your opportunity to leave with joy in your heart, strength in your heart power in your life. So if that's you, but everybody's looking. I got news for you. Everybody's looking at who they are right now or should be. I am. If you need that from God, I want you to slip out of your seat and I want you to come and find a place and kneel at this altar and we would love to pray with you to know Jesus this morning. That's you. That's you. On behalf of Harvest Worship Center, we would like to thank you for listening and worshiping with us today. For more information, please visit our website at tryinhwc.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We would also like to invite you to come and experience the presence of the Lord with us in person. We are located at 456 4th Street in Tryon, Georgia. Our morning celebration and evening celebrations are every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and 630 p.m. Wednesday night is Worship in the Word night. We have classes for every age beginning at 7 p.m. We look forward to meeting you.